What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of The Amateurs with Jaron and Bryce. Real stories, real situations, real talk. Now, speaking of real stories and real situations, our guest today, Kelly Oubre Sr., father of Golden State Warriors guard Kelly Oubre Jr., will bring a lot of that to you all. So much, in fact, that we had to break this episode out into two parts. Uh, so, you know, of course, being a parent of an NBA athlete, there's a lot that comes with that. They have a really unique story building up to this point, and, and in and of itself, I think that it'll be super inspiring for all of our listeners to hear. It's also inspired him to create Beast Developmental, which is a solutions-based program helping trusted advisors, as he calls you, parents and coaches out there um, to help your diamonds or your athletes make it to the next level, whether it be, you know, the pros in sports or, or professionals in, in business. So I'm really excited for you all to hear this. Uh, in part one, he'll talk a lot about having the right perspective, uh, turning pain points into PowerPoints, which I love, and uh, of course, parenting your, your athlete on the way up. So Really excited for you all to hear it, and let's jump right into it. Mr. Ubre, how you feeling? Thanks for joining us. I'm great, man. Like I said, life is great. Life is always good. I got another 24 hours to do my thing, and uh, I think I keep it simple, and that's why I very I, – I try to eliminate the disappointment by keeping it simple, guys. I got to mm. be honest with you. It might be rudimentary or simplistic, but if I don't have high expectations when I wake up in the morning, I have 24 hours to clear my mind and work with as, with a blank canvas every day. So – if I was going to, you know, convey anything to anybody who, you know, is in a position like mine or in a position where they, they, they feel um, that they need something more, just clear your mind early in the morning and look at that 24 hours in a day as the same 24 hours that everybody else around you has. And that is your masterpiece. So start painting. I love mm. it. I love that. That's that's yeah. a great perspective. And I, I do want to touch on perspective a little bit later in this conversation. But before we jump into it, you're a New Orleans native. Your Saints sir. are playing today. Yes, sir. How, yes, how, sir. You, how you feeling about that? How you feeling about that? You know, I'm so proud of the Saints. They've come such a long way because y'all don't know this because y'all were weren't even embryos yet. But <laughs> there were those paper bag days where people would bring bags with the eye holes cut oh, out <laughs> and the mouth cut out because we were so bad <laughs> that they would just they didn't want to let their season tickets go. So they would bring their own paper bags and put them on top of their heads and uh, enjoy whatever they thought was going to be a game. But a lot of times we were on the tail end of the highlight reel. If you look at a lot of the old footage, yeah. we were the guys getting scored on religiously and uh, with our hands in the air trying to pray to God because we were in line with the saints in some way, shape, or form. <laughs> so that's how I feel about it, man. I'm happy for the wins. I'm happy for the playoff runs. I'm happy for the Super Bowl. You know, thanks, Peyton Manning. <laughs> that seemed interesting at the time, but how ironic was it that he would throw intercession? You know, thanks, Peyton. Phone boy. We definitely want to get into your story. Um, you know, well, as we did research on you and, and your son and your story and Beast Developmental, one thing that, that really stood out to me, again, was perspective and, and, and you uh, talking about or emphasizing turning pain points into PowerPoints, right? Sir, yes, um, sir. And, and, and you and your son's story embodies that 100%. So I'd love for you to, to take us through your story. Uh, 2005, I believe, Katrina sets a hit. Um, you guys decide to to to, uh, to evacuate. Can you can you take us from there? Can you can you walk us through that? Well, it was uh, I think me and my wife at the time had gone to a uh, some sort of bridal function. It was either a wedding or a wedding reception, and this was the night before the storm. 
it was on the storm hit on August 29th. And I think that was a Saturday night. It was a Sunday, if I'm not mistaken, or a Monday. And that Saturday night prior to the storm uh, making a uh, landfall, we left the uh, event and we got home and we looked at the news and we figured it was time. So we made some calls to our, our, our family asking what they were going to do. And we had a decision to make at the time. So we agreed to pack up our uh, SUV and head uh, to Texas. Now, it was interesting because, of course, roads were becoming more and more crowded. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we were just ready at that moment to at least go there and chill until this thing blew over. And whatever was going to happen was going to happen, but it wasn't going to happen to us. Right. You know, as long as we had gas in the truck and, you know, I was driving, oh, we're going to get there. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so so uh, we're just not going to be here when this thing happens, whatever. Yeah. And, and, and it was sad to get there finally. Uh, find a hotel that wasn't, uh, you know, booked to, to full capacity. We got one of the last rooms and, uh, there was a motel six and shout out to motel six for at least being available mm -hmm. in the moment. It wasn't the most pristine mm -hmm. of places yeah. and they had some crunching going on. If you don't <laughs> know what I mean, when we walked to the bathroom in the middle of the night, <laughs> I didn't want to look down. <laughs> I <laughs> Kelly didn't want to look down, <laughs> but there's some crawling things going on. <laughs> yeah. So uh, it was an interesting time. And, uh, you know, gradually over the next couple of days, we saw some of the footage and uh, we saw a lot of the people that we knew headed there and they're trying to, uh, I guess, ride this thing on out for whatever that meant for however, however long that was. But guys I always make it a point to tell people the storm happened on the 29th. And you know, in our communities that on the first and the 15th, the mm -hmm. EBT cars get hit back. Right. I think it's EBT, if I'm not mistaken, it was food stamps at one point, mm -hmm. EBT, whatever your state calls it, that's, that's what it is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Government assistance and, you know, basically that's your money because those who know the game know how to flip that into cash money. Right. You right. know, you know, so mm -hmm. I'm, I won't give away any secrets. I know I'm not, <laughs> but in our community, we know how this works at the corner store. Right. Absolutely. So, uh, the 29th, nobody had any money. So people always want to ask, why did nobody, why did so many people not leave? Well, where can I go with no money in my pocket? Mm -hmm. You know, how can I go to a foreign place? And I don't know how long I'm going to be there if I don't even have, money in my pocket to buy food or buy gas. Mm. So some people just opted to stay and ride it out like they had done so many times before with false alarms. Mm. So uh, we were in a different situation. We got there. We uh, had to get Kelly in school as quick as possible mm -hmm. to at least create some sense of normalcy, of course. you know, with his young life because he had left a school. He had just started in that school year a couple of weeks prior um, mm. because he was started fourth grade. And uh, quite frankly, we had to make some serious decisions as a family. And uh, it had to benefit him as a whole. Because as far as I'm concerned, I'm, I don't mind being a sacrificial lamb as the head of household. I'll, I'll, be, I'll do the grunt work because, you know, I brought him into this world and it has been my mission since 12995 to turn him in or to assist him into becoming the man that he is, the millionaire that he is, mm -hmm. and the father that he will come to be at some point. Right. So, you know, a lot of things went into the gumbo pot. I always make reference to the gumbo pot because that's how we eat in New Orleans. Everything mm -hmm. goes in there. But, uh, you know, me, I hit the ground running when we got there because I needed to bring back a sense of normalcy. He had just gotten involved in AAU ball. We just finished up the uh, third grade nationals uh, a couple of weeks prior. And he had just gotten his black belt in karate. Mm -hmm. i seen that too. And exactly. <laughs> got his black belt, you know, in that. 
that was an interesting story because he wanted to quit going into his last two belts. And I says, well, look, I'll make a deal with you, boss. Get the le- get, get your black belt and you don't have to get any of the degrees that are tied to it. Because mm. he was burning out. But mm. I could see it. But I wanted to use that as a springboard or a foundation for bigger and better things. Mm. He didn't know that. Mm-hmm. But I'm planning since twelve, since since the day of his birth, twelve nine ninety five. Mm-hmm. I got to get this right because right. if I get this wrong, that's on me. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm daddy. You know, mm-hmm. the buck starts and stops with me. I got to make it happen. So, I you know definitely ownership, total buying on my part. Regardless of who didn't see the vision, who didn't care, who thought it was funny and crazy, I didn't mm-hmm. care. I don't accept people's no's to this day. Your no is your no. Your mm-hmm. no won't affect me. I can assure you that you're not gonna outwork me. Mm-hmm. So, um. Got there. Lifetime Fitness. Shout out to Lifetime Fitness. Was offering a special to Katrina. Uh, mm. I don't like using evacuees. Uh, I, I would just say the new people in town. <laughs> so, so the new people in town were able to go to Lifetime Fitness for a month for free mm. as a stress reliever. So me, Mr. Opportunist, <laughs> making <laughs> making lemonade very quickly <laughs> in a farm place. What I did was uh, I took him up on the offer. So we trained every day. Mm. It doubled. It went from babysitting to working out. Sometimes we're spending three, four, five hours in lifetime fitness. Mm. He's working out. Strangely enough, Houston is a place that a lot of pros retire to. Mm. And their kids are there in tow because of the tax breaks. Therefore, I start looking around the gym as I'm working him out. I see pros that I recognize. Mm. Football players, basketball, Andre Ware, Broderick Thomas, mm-hmm. a lot of other guys are just there working out their kids. Yep. Like, oh, okay. So I started putting two and two together. Like, oh, so this is this is normal here. So I started talking to those guys. And I realized that, you know, eventually Kelly would gravitate or grow into these spaces also if I kept him here. Mm -hmm. Therefore, that strengthened my vision Mm -hmm. to make Houston our home because of all the benefits that we were afforded if we just stayed there long enough. Mm -hmm. And I always tell people that Houston, I love Houston to death because it's it has an abundance of riches. And I love New Orleans to death, but New Orleans is lacking in a lot of different areas, especially when it comes to raising kids, because they just don't have the resources for whatever. Let's just say for whatever reason. I know some reasons, but you know what, though? I'm not going to crap on my hometown because we're a little behind sometimes. I love it. I love everything about it. But me, I've always been a person who wanted a little bit more, especially for my son now, because I didn't want him to grow up with some of the the hiccups and, and, and things that I had grown accustomed to in New Orleans, the crime, the uh, the constant infighting with the school board and the city council. Mm-hmm. The mayor seemed to be always in some type of turmoil. It was always uh, a bunch of extra outside of the realm of being just a regular kid, mm-hmm. you know, more of a survival and less of, a, a um, I guess, a sustaining or a living environment, mm-hmm. which, you know, if I had a chance to change it, which I did have a chance now, mm-hmm. I looked at it as a chance and opportunity to change the narrative for his life and his future to come. Mm. I know I'm long winded, but bear with me. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Everest knows you're going to give me the mic. I'm a blessing. So, <laughs> so but I want to paint a picture because I believe in painting a picture because I don't want you guys to be left with any questions or your audience to be left with any questions mm-hmm. because 
sometimes we only get one chance to tell our uh, give our narrative or tell mm. our story. But there are no victims here, guys. Yep. You know, in life, you know, there's no there are no victims. It's all in what you make of it. And and that's exactly where I wanted to go to next. Just mm -hmm. hearing your hearing you speak about it now, and also through, throughout my research, I, I realized that you are you you definitely acknowledge that you all went through some tough things, mm -hmm. but you make sure. it a point to clarify that you weren't victims of anything. So can exactly. again, you talk about like perspective and, and having that that right perspective? You can't control what happens to you, but you can control how you perceive it and, and how you move forward. Yeah. Well, to your point, and, and thank you for that question. Mm -hmm. um, the clarity involved in that and, and, and the perspective I give is always going to be a positive one, mm -hmm. because if I waste time worrying about negative or the woe is me syndrome, then I'll find a lot of people that will just gravitate to me and we can all live in our we, we can all brew in our own stew. Mm -hmm. But the rarefied air comes when you always surround yourself with that one or two sometimes positive people yep. that uh, on your level, when I say level, um, on your level as a parent, we, we, we take, I take finances off the table. Mm -hmm. That's why I make it a point for myself and for Kelly to identify with the common man first. Mm -hmm. I, I still have friends that son, have sons have grown up and played ball with Kelly along the way who think that He's some superhuman because he has money in his pocket. Mm. And I have to bring them back to center as my friends also mm. to remind them that he's 25 years old. He does 25 year old stuff. Yeah. Just like your child may be 25 year old stuff. The thing about my son and your son, my son's life is an open book on the Internet. Yep. Mm. So the narrative can be can be skewed or rewritten by someone at home sitting in their underwear. Whereas, you know, my friend's son probably can go to jail and get arrested 10 times and nobody's going to hear about it. Mm -hmm. Right. Or, or or he can win a Nobel Prize and nobody's going to care. Yeah. So I need to bring back some of my older friends and bring them back to center also to let them know, hey, this is still me. Mm -hmm. I'm the same guy I was when you knew me. Right. I have no intent on changing because I just eliminate the, the monetary factor and just let's get back to the essence of this thing. Hence, Beast Developmental. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I hope they clarified. Definitely. Yeah. I just want to say this really quickly, and I'll, I'll, Jen, I'll let you go on with, with, with your next question. Yeah. Um, but just to go back to brewing in your own stew, um, just to make this uh, correlate to, to the younger athletes out there, we all know. I know Jen and I have both been on teams where, you know, maybe ourselves we might have fallen victim to, and we're like, oh man, this coach doesn't like me, or I deserve right. this amount of playing time, and I'm not getting that for whatever reason. But to your point, if you can find people on that team that do have or, or on a greater level or on your level of thinking like, okay, like I got to take personal accountability for this. I'm not getting that amount of time, but this is how I can go about it. Having that positive perspective. Or even if, if you don't have someone on the team, be that for everyone else and you'll, you'll, you'll have greater results. But I just wanted to point that out and make it correlate to the younger athletes out, out there as well. Thank you. That's, that's very poignant. And that means a lot to the younger athletes, Jaron. Yep. And, and it means a lot. And I've seen it in so many forms, whereas, a lot of time, it's that you the man speech on the way to the game and that you the man speech on the way home yep. that handcuffs these kids before they even touch the court. Mm -hmm. So as my trusted advisors, I was strong to my trusted advisors. I was strongly advise them. If you're a real trusted advisor, let's eliminate you the man speeches. Let's respect that coach for the gifts that he brings to your son. You can hate his guts, mm -hmm. but let's respect him for the gifts that he can bring in that moment, if nothing else. Mm -hmm. To your son, let's respect your teammates in that moment. If you hate their guts, also, 
I look at every day as another chance for me to practice on people around me. And I don't want to sound mean or arrogant or in, in a position of usury, but if I can practice on you and understand your personality a little more, when I run into a, a, a prototype of you again, I'm seasoned. Yeah. Been there, done that. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, but go ahead, Jaron. I didn't mean yeah. to go ahead, brother. Yeah, no, I was, I was going to say, man, to piggyback off of what you guys said, both making great points. I think that the victim mindset is actually detrimental to growth. And I've, you know, been in that position where I've been hurt. You know, I haven't been able to play for a year and a half. But, uh, you know, I, that that's seizing me for who I am now and what I'm going to be. So, uh, like you guys said, all the athletes out there listening, this is very important. That victim mindset is the worst thing that I think you could you could have. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But, and I want to thank y'all once again for jumping off the cliff. Yeah. Because you did with this podcast. I mean, whoa, 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 whoa. Time out. Let me clarify. Let me clarify. You jumped off a cliff that a lot of people are scared to even peek over the side mm -hmm. of. Because they got a million dudes at home sitting on right now wanting to start a podcast, but for whatever reason, do it lack of support, lack of willpower, lack of drive, lack of taking their lumps along the way. You know, you don't know. And that's why I, I hearken back to the karate uh, uh, situation with, with Kelly and Taekwondo. I want, because, you know, subconsciously, the little, the little maniacal one inside of me, you know, wanted to show him that, you know, if you get punched in the mouth, it's not that bad. <laughs> You know, and right yeah. now when he gets clocked in the mouth on the court, mm -hmm. it's not that bad. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to die. But mm -hmm. you got to get punched in the mouth to realize that, yep, yep. you know, you know, you got a little blood in your mouth. You, you either drink it or you spit it out mm -hmm. and you, you live to fight another day mm -hmm. or next possession. Let's go. Yep. So I think to your point, Jaron, the victim mindset here, it can be overwhelming if you don't have, hence Beast Developmental, proper support around you. Mm -hmm. You don't have a trusted advisor. You don't have a clarifier. Mm -hmm. You don't have a, a governing entity acting as a drone, if you will, to walk you through these 11 o'clock at night, 12, 1, 2, 3 o'clock at night phone calls when coach ain't feeling you. Mm. You know, hey, yeah. uh, okay, so he's not feeling you. Let's work on a solution to, first of all, get him to notice you. Mm. And even if what he saw was you uh, partaking in substances or, or <laughs> you know, with your friends because y'all realize, hey, I can get away with this and the mom and dad are not around. Or, or you have not started off on the best of footing because of your ego carried in from high school because mm. you were the man, if you will. Mm. Now you're just one of many. Mm -hmm. So let's take a step to the right with coach. Let's help coach see you in a different light. So maybe it's your questioning with coach, your approach with coach, or how you interact or what you can own and make yourself more palatable to coach. Mm. So I think once again, Jaron, it's, it's, it's self-accountability here. Mm. What am I bringing to coach? Mm -hmm. Not what is coach bringing to me or what he promised me he was going to do when he recruited me. You know what? Yeah, he made some promises. Things change, dynamics change. But you know what? I'm under scholarship now. And I got four years. I'm sorry. I got one year renewable <laughs> right. wrapped up in a four year yeah. commitment. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. so 
let's be real about it. Everybody's one year renewable. I don't care what they tell you. So I think it's more of a a personal thing. What do we bring? What do I bring? Mm -hmm. I think you would be a stronger athlete, Bryce and Jaron, if you brought something to the table that was nurtured and fostered, or um, I would say um, was something that you totally weren't in by yourself or you couldn't wrap your three-dimensional head around in your two-dimensional state Mm. if you had a trusted advisor Mm -hmm. and a governing entity that could walk you through certain scenarios where you could be a you could present yourself to coach in a different light Mm -hmm. Mm. so and it separates you from your peers also because you know what they're thinking about (laughs) you know man that's your problem that ain't my problem (laughs) you know coach like me (laughs) <laughs> right, I'm good. Right, <laughs> I got the ball in my hands. That's your uh-huh. problem. Right, you figured out. So, but yeah, I hope once again, I just I'm trying to drive those points home mm. because that's the foundation of beast developmental here. Mm-hmm. Pain points to power points, and if that's pain, let's talk about. It. Yeah. Let's dig in. You know, let's dig into this. Let's find a solution here. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah. there yeah. you have it. I love it, man. <laughs> uh, I'll go ahead, Bryce. Go ahead. I was gonna say you brought up clarify. I think you brought that up a few times. I know that you, mm-hmm. you speak a lot about clarifiers versus justifiers, I believe. Can, exactly. you, can you break that down for us? Well, one thing about a clarifier is a clarifier has been there since day one. Mm-hmm. Either a family member, preferably a family member, um, or someone <clears throat> who knows the athlete's dark secrets. Okay? And on top of that, not only do they not know it, they won't use that against him at a later date. Mm-hmm. Therefore, that strengthens the power of a clarifier or that person because, yeah, you know this about me, but you will never use that against me. I can't say that about the outside world because if they knew something about me, oh, it's on. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, it might come out 20 or 30 years later. Right. Yeah, but I got something over your head. And that is a position of a justifier. Okay. Justifier is somebody who's always trying to get in, always trying to get an angle. Either someone sent them, they were paid to be there. They were paid to get in and, and because they may have bodies on them also and they need to pay off favors. Therefore, if I take a picture with Bryce and Jaron, Bryce and Jaron might get pinched to get around Mr. Ubre to get to mm-hmm. Kelly because they think Bryce and Jaron have a personal relationship yep. with not only Mr. Ubre, but he has an inroads to get to Kelly also. Right. They just have right. to go through the initial honeymoon phase to get around the old man to get to the kid. Yep. So that is a justifier, guys. Whereas a clarifier, Honestly, a, cl- a clarifier becomes stronger every day because they refuse to become Jurassic in the process. And when I say Jurassic, in our in our in our internet age, um, both print and social media can affect players in um, I'm sorry, diamonds and trusted advisors in, in various ways. If you're compromised as a clarifier, then that compromised position may be called upon at some point to get to your young diamond. Mm. Therefore, if you exercise the word no religiously with that million dollar question and the question I used to always get was, Mr. Uber, do you need anything? Mm. No, thank you. I'm fine. Because, see, I know what a pound of lunch meat is and a loaf of bread is. Mm. So (laughs) I haven't been eating caviar. So why would I start now? Mm. So I have twenty dollars in my pocket. So why do I need one hundred again? I mean, I can only eat so much. Though the steak I eat. Well, if I choose to eat steak that night, it can only be so big, guys. Right. I mean, I don't need I don't need four steaks on the plate. Yeah. You know, one is fine, or a piece of one is fine because me, I cut it in half and give the other half to Kelly. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's clarifier and justifier. Clarifier is someone who's there because they've earned the right to be. Justifier is somebody who always has to justify why they're around in the first place. Mm. So, this is this uh, is important <laughs> stuff parents out there this is important stuff to take note of man these mm-hmm. developmental you're getting it here check it <laughs> out we'll, we'll have everything linked below uh but yep. go go ahead jerry yep okay so so let's let's transition into into basketball um you know as okay. a parent who's experienced it all pretty much in the basketball world what advice mm-hmm. do you have for parents you know as they navigate through the recruitment process uh for both you know high school and collegiate athletes Okay, um, very, very good question. Very interesting. And the what I would tell parents and Jaron, I want to I want to I want to empower parents to also be considered trusted advisors. Mm. So you're the number one trusted advisor of the young athlete because you knew you've known them since they were a baby. And just like I, I, I made the analogy with Taekwondo, I can always use that to bring Kelly back to center because that was an accomplishment that he had early on in life. Mm-hmm. That is why I, I, I positioned that the way I did. And I can hearken on that any chance, anytime I need to. Like when he's struggling on the court, good game, bad game, good game, bad game. Hey, man, remember when you wanted to quit when you almost got your black belt mm. and we made a deal and you got your black belt? There are not that many black belts in the world. Let's be real. <laughs> you did that. And we walked through that together. Once again, I'm restating my position as a clarifier. I'm bringing up a positive uh, uh, event that happened for he and I, and I'm showing him a segue that we brought from that point and we moved into the future. And here we are, and I'm ready to do it all over again. Bring mm-hmm. it back to center. Yeah, you had a rough game. Ball it up, throw it in the trash. Be locked and loaded to make an impact the next game. Mm-hmm. So, that's what it's all about. If I have to clarify, I'll do it a million times. But if I stand on fact and I have proof for my facts, then it's easier. The correlation is easier for the young diamond to relate to uh, uh, that situation that he's in because he's related to that previous situation in the moment many times before. Justifiers can't do that because they have no history. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> what you going to talk about? Hey, man, let's go to the club. Dog. I don't I don't go to clubs. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 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 OK, let me try to find another angle. You know, it's always an angle. It's always a position. Mm-hmm. It's always a, a something to find a vice. Mm-hmm. If I if, if I don't present vices or you don't know my my, my, my pressure points, you're just going to keep whack a mole in the stuff. And mm-hmm. you know, you're going to keep, you know, taking your little hammer trying to find stuff. <laughs> you know, you mean you ain't find nothing yet? <laughs> this ain't never, you know. Actually, I can't find anything. Oh, okay, well, I guess keep looking stupid trying. Go ahead. Right. <laughs> so, but yeah, I think um, just the, the positive growth, guys. I'm stressing positive growth here. Solutions based. Um, and I can't drive that point home enough because, uh, to your point, Jaren, I'm trying to build up the parent inside the home to show them the power that they innately have, the power mm. that they must nurture and grow so they don't become Jurassic, and the power that they can keep every step of the way. Mm-hmm. Mm. You don't outsource your parenting because once you let the devil in, you can't get rid of him. Mm. Because when that red phone rings in the corner and you're compromised, you have to answer it. I don't. Mm. I don't have to answer the phone because I'm not compromised. 
But if you compromise, I got to take that call. Because you know what's going to happen next? Your cell phone's going to ring, and they're going to ask you why you didn't answer the red phone in the corner. But, hey, who are you going to talk to then? Now you got to clean it up for your young diamond who has doesn't know anything about what you've gotten involved in. But you're going to have to deliver in some way, shape, or form to cover that uh, that situation. Mm-hmm. And hopefully your young diamond doesn't figure out that you may have compromised him or her along the way at mm-hmm. some point. Which is a very painful experience for a parent who's worth their salt to go through or try to clean up at the left hour because y'all, y'all are going to grow up. Y'all are not going to grow down. Yep. Y'all will be more wise, more, uh, more locked into situations. And y'all are going to be able to use deductive reasoning to connect the dots. Mm-hmm. Why is this person always calling you? And why do you always answer the phone? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Something else must be going on. I didn't know about. Right. So what's really going on here? Mm-hmm. And how long has it been going on? You know, therefore, the strained relationship shows up and now the parent is defenseless because they've compromised themselves. Or I'm sorry, the trusted advisor is defenseless because they've compromised themselves. So I think just as a parent not being Jurassic, staying in the fight. But you have to utilize the word no religiously to maintain your power, you know, as a trusted advisor. I was going to say, I I don't think people understand how important that is like you saying you know the board of trusted advisors and and the people around you man it's so it's so important man and just looking back at my career i know bright as well our families have played such a big role in you know not only basketball but like who we are today as men which is more important you know but um going going into basketball um what advice do you have you know for the student athletes out there listening um, trying to, to figure out which AAU program, you know, they, they, they should choose. Okay. Um, that's, that's a, that's a twofold answer. Okay. I'm gonna give you the rudimentary version when you're starting out as a young AAU prospect or a young AAU athlete. And as you graduate through the high school ranks now in our current COVID, uh, environment, um, before I move forward, I need to show you guys something. All right. Tell mm-hmm. us about this. It may come across as being corny, but I want, we're going to roll it out on your podcast. <laughs> Yes, when sir. I opened my podcast, okay, I was so excited to be on with you guys because I saw your fresh faces and you're ready to rock and roll. Yep. I normally do this, the customary washing of the hands, all right? Mm-hmm. And if y'all can do the same thing with me. Yes, sir. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. All right. Show me your palms. Show me the back of your hands. Show me your palms again. That means I operate with clean hands, okay? Mm. I only ask that you do the same. Gotcha, gotcha. Like In our that. current COVID era, that means a lot. Uh, uh, um. It means a lot symbolically, but for me personally, that means a lot personally. Mm. And if I'm going to invite you into my home or I'm going to lace you with 100 percent game, as I know it to be, I want you to understand that I operate with clean hands. All right. Yes, sir. OK. And you need to look in the mirror once you get off the offline and figure out if you operated with clean hands, too. Mm-hmm. That's not my call. That's your call. Mm. That's personal. Yep. OK, now back to your point. Uh, twofold answer once again. First of all, as you're young, starting out, have fun, make a lot of friends, okay? Make as many friends as possible. We're talking young, I'm talking middle school age, okay? Mm-hmm. I've noticed that your dynamic normally changes once you hit ninth grade. Yep. Whereas I noticed the team dynamics change too, because a lot of daddy coaches can coach up to that point. And once ninth grade shows up, now you're playing against the kid around the corner, you just meet for the first time, who... You may have seen him when you rode by in the car out there on his goal by himself, but now you know him because he's your teammate or y'all fighting for the same job. Now, 
with that being said, it's a constant competition where whether it was uh, your friends, you know, doing it for fun or it's that kid you just meet for the first time who happens to be at your same high school. And strangely enough, in, in our situation, we had letters waiting for us, you know, when ninth grade started. We're talking about from from the Big 12, the ACC mm-hmm. um, and many different, uh, uh, um, uh, I guess, uh, um Places, if you will, uh, and uh, conferences, if you will, because the AAU circuit was so strong and rich. And uh, in Houston, Texas, in the abundance of riches, uh, once again, Kelly had the uh, benefits of traveling a lot. Therefore, we were in the King James Classic. We traveled to the MIT, the Maryland Invitational Tournament, multiple times, you know, from uh, uh, fifth to seventh, eighth grade. You know, and it was nothing for us to hop for him to hop a plane, me to drop him off at the airport roughly 45, 50 times before he finished high school. Mm-hmm. A lot of times I couldn't take the trip because I didn't have the funds. I had to work, but it was just me and him. So I had to trust in the Lord to look out for him mm. in, in sometimes hostile environments with some hostile individuals who were on the team with him. And since he wasn't the kid that was naturally from the state of Texas, he often was the outsider looking in mm-hmm. or the kid that, you know, for lack of a better word, uh, the growth could have been somewhat, you know, not as glorified or stifled along the way because we'd hate for the world to hear about this kid that we're not trying to promote, that we can gain anything off of, especially if the dad is not playing the game. Mm-hmm. So um, that's segueing from the middle school where once again, Jared, I just wanted to have fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, Football, baseball, basketball, play it all as much as you can in middle school. As you get into high school and you you find yourself, your body starts to change. Your interest starts to change. Um, getting on hot AAU teams starts back in middle school, though, because the trusted advisor much, must have these conversations with these coaches before high school starts. Mm. These organizations before high school starts. So to be a student of the game as a trusted advisor, along with the young athlete being a student of the game and having fun, means that the work of the trusted advisor starts much earlier than high school. And that's the position I want my trusted advisors to take that the misnomer that you have time is just that. You don't have time. Mm-hmm. Because once you get to high school, you thought you had time, yep. but you're looking at five stars now who have been earmarked on the tennis shoe circuit to go to college with no problem. Therefore, your rivals get introduced, your rivals.com, top 100, top 150, uh, the hot dudes in your state. You know, I know y'all don't look at the internet, but you know you look at the damn internet. Everybody does. Everybody does. <laughs> you know who the five-star dude is. You know who the hot dude is. <laughs> and, and, and see, that's you may, you may glance at it, but you damn sure going to hear the name. When the oohs and I start, you know, <laughs> so and, and you can pretend like you don't know who that is, but you know, because I'm gonna tell you, who knows first that you can't guard that dude, your mama, your daddy, or you, mm. you, man, I, man, that dude, cold, I can't guard that dude, you know? <laughs> but that you the man speech on the way to the game, <laughs> yeah, throw it out the window because you can't tell mama. <laughs> <laughs> my, my, I mean, that dude is cold. Man. I don't know where he came from, but uh, he's five-star for a reason. Mm-hmm. And uh, so 
the world of the trusted advisor, Jaron, to your point, starts before high school. Those AAU programs, you have to approach these coaches and talk to them in a respectful way and find out some of the inner workings of that one team in town that everybody wants to gravitate to. Mm. They got about a million AAU teams in town. Man, they ain't got but one team in town. Let's keep it a buck. (laughs) You know, at the 17th level, who is the high team? And how can I position my kid to get on that team once his body changes? And if I've done my job as a trusted advisor to prepare him to not go out there and get embarrassed. Mm. Okay. Now you can run, you you can run out there if you want. (laughs) But once again, like I said, you know you don't belong out there. And you're gonna figure out. You know, all that, well, why they don't practice? Well, I'm going to tell you, Gunners, Five Stars, they don't need to practice. Because <laughs> they're getting that work, you know, during the week. Mm-hmm. And they're showing up for the weekend. Mm-hmm. That's true. You know, they find an open run during the week in mm-hmm. high school. Mm-hmm. You know, I couldn't keep mine at the house. <laughs> he was he was in neighboring districts. That's how it's supposed to be. Getting, getting open run. Mm-hmm. And Houston was a beautiful place for that. Man. Popping up in the most opportune places, going against the hottest dudes in every 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 conference or every district. And my advice to my trusted advisors is you need to lock into these AAU coaches and programs while your kids are in middle school. And if that means coming up through the ranks in those programs to position yourself to be a viable option at a later age, maybe 16s and 17s level when the shoe companies take over then that is what you need to do. I don't want to hear about you don't have the money. That's your problem. <laughs> I don't want to hear. And, 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 and you damn sure better not keep reminding a young athlete about how much it costs. Mm. That's your problem. That's now, point. it might sound harsh. It might. I don't do the woe is me, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I was out there with not a nickel in my pocket, all right? Uh. So, Jaron, to your point, to reiterate, brother, these trusted advisors have to get to work very early and not assume that they have time. Mm. To pick it up on the back end, like junior year in high school, sophomore year, it's over. It's mm-hmm. it's it's over. It's over. They have been anointed already. They have been picked out. They have been put on the radar. And your son might as well just go play with Joe Blow's AAU team <laughs> because all they're doing is making a monetary contribution yeah. to the tournament next week mm-hmm. because nobody's going to care once mm-hmm. that tournament's over that y'all got second place. Because a lot of teams on the Nike circuit just got to be on the bench. <laughs> <laughs> to get a D1 Scott a D1 offer or a look. It don't take 30 minutes a game for a lot of these coaches. They want to know, damn, I, I know that kid. I saw that kid, and I can't get the, the top five kids on that team. Let me take a flyer on him. Mm-hmm. You know, but it's all in what you consider a win, guys. Some people want to uh, uh, I want to win because I want to show the world I won. No. Mm-hmm. Why don't you just take that small win, man? Like, mm. you know, like that. And these, no. these are definitely you know. some great points for sure. I, yes. I know that speaking from personal experience, Jan and I both play in the EYBL circuit, but we were mm-hmm. both like privy to that information early on. Like I started playing with the team in sixth grade, I believe. Mm-hmm. And unknowingly mm-hmm. we worked, you know, through that. I don't think my parents were thinking like, I don't even think my parents knew about Peach Jam, <laughs> Jam and all of that at the time. But right. I can see right. by the time we got to 16U, 17U, even 15U, we had already basically had our team set. Like we, they have like, if you a five star, of course you could join the team. We had Miles Bridges come and play with us in Vegas. All there you go. Yep. But right. if, if you're not one of those, I, it, there were a, a lot of other guards that could have, you know, played on the team with us. But it was too late, like you said. So parents exactly. take, take note. 
Take notes. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you know, and, and, and I, I can't stress that enough, that whole misnomer about we have time. I mean, you really don't have time, man. Once, once your child gets into middle school, the clock is ticking, mm. you know, so start developing those relationships and the benefit of a uh, third grade nationals right before Katrina was, I did just that. I started fellowshipping with the guys that were there in, 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 uh, at, at the milk house in, in uh, where they did the bubble at. Mm-hmm. Um, I started breaking bread with the guys from all over the country as mm. a coach. I was a coach. I was coaching Kelly's one. I was assistant coach in Kelly's uh, AAU team in the, in the third grade. So I started talking to the coaches and the daddies. Mm. So Katrina hit. I knew guy. I I, had, I literally had business cards <laughs> for guys all over the country. <laughs> I got to Houston and I knew people. Right. So, I mean, his uh, New Orleans team came in town and wonder how I had acclimated so fast. But I knew people already mm-hmm. because I had dropped my ego, dropped my pride. And a couple of months before Katrina, I had started breaking bread and fellowshipping with these dudes on daddy conversation. Because, yeah, everybody wants their little puppy to be the best in the world. Mm-hmm. Or they want to be told your son has pro potential. Yeah. But, you know, it's rarefied air when you talk to trusted advisors at the earliest stage possible. You know, who are realistic about the future where you can nurture a relationship from dad to dad mm-hmm. or dad to mom. Hey, that's it for part one of this episode. If you've made it this far, thank you. Um, if you're watching on YouTube, please like, subscribe, and leave a comment. And then if you're listening on any of the audio platforms, uh, please leave a review there. Uh, five-star rating, if you will. Um, subscribe to the podcast there. Really appreciate it. It helps us, uh, helps us out a lot. Um, but yeah, speaking from the perspective of a former athlete, especially at the college level, Jen and I both have experienced all of the things that he's talked about so far. So parents, this is these are these are real situations. Athletes take note. Um, And yeah, tune in next week for the rest of the episode.